Bong, 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 bong. It's it's us again. I'm Mike Lena. I'm Arne Venema. And we're here for the Eureka release of the Golden Harvest Girls with Guns and Kung Fu classic, She, she Shoots Straight. A.K.A. Lethal Lady. A.K.A. Royal Female General in Cantonese. Okay. And in some territories... Yep, it was a Yes Madam movie, depending on where you saw it. Okay, seriously, how many Yes Madam films are there? Because this is getting really confusing. Hey, even the original Yes Madam series is confusing, so it's all thing. And of course, produced by Golden Harvest and Boho, which was the company Samuel Hung had yes. under Golden Harvest. Indeed. So Jackie had Golden Way, Samuel had Boho. Yeah. You know, and instead we've got the late Leonard Chung, who was probably the producers. Yes. You know, and as we said, it's, it's a kind of interesting movie because... This was, could you say, a cinematic love letter of, from Samo to his lady love? <laughs> well, I think we could talk quite a bit about that. There's some upcoming scenes which indeed illustrate or predict what will happen in the future. Was Samo marrying uh, one of the cast? Exactly. And it wasn't Yunwa. No, it wasn't yeah, Yunwa. Yeah, yeah. no. That relationship fills out quite quickly. Exactly. But yeah, as we said, now, directed by Corey Yun, action directed by Corey Yun Meng Hoi. Yes. You know, so it's the yes, we're And it is. I, one of my friends got married at St. Bowman's It's church. still there. Yeah. My friend Norman Wong and his wife Coco, they got married at that church. And we all stood there having our pictures taken. And I probably looked as fat as Samo. <laughs> and this, nowhere near as cool. This church is actually located... Um, it's just up in central. Yeah, it's, it's central Hong Kong. So if you go around there, it'd actually be kind of noisy sometimes when you're there. Look, yeah. Traffic and, everything said, and it's one of those ones as well where when the sun's shining, that courtyard gets really, really hot. Yeah, it gets blisteringly hot. So, yeah, wearing a tuxedo and a fitted shirt in Hong Kong is not a good idea. No. Now, that is not um, Sam Ho's future wife. Who's that? No, that is the one and only Sandra Ng Guan Yu. That young lady is the wonderful Joyce, a.k.a. Joyce Minaganenzi, Chinese name, Gole Hong. Yes. And that what would you... be Sam Ho's future now, wife. quick question. What does Gole Hong's bro Joyce Minaganenzi's brother do? Um... I don't know. What does he do? He used to tend the shark nets in Hong Kong. Is that true? Yes. The shark nets. Yeah. Well, I'm very thankful that gentleman. Cause exactly. Every time I swim in Hong Kong, I do look at those shark nets going, oh, I hope But yeah, they, so no, that's what, that was how I first met him. I was at the beach swimming. Oh. I got chatting with this guy. And then like Bruce Fontaine turned up and goes, oh yeah, that's Mina. That's Mina's brother. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. And talking of relationships, the tomboyish young lady is Loretta Lee's sister. Yeah, indeed, yeah. Okay. So it's, it's an, as we said before, a very interesting... I like that there's two token white people at the wedding. Looking <laughs> yes. confused. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. As we said, it's a cool setup. Oh, look at those old school cameras. You can still buy a lot of those cameras in Hong Kong today. Right now, there's a fad of buying old school cameras in an area called Shumshipo. You can get tons of them. It's actually really coming back, which is quite interesting. Oh, no, well, I miss those. I mean, the thing is, like... I'm old, so I'm from that thing where you had to think about, I've got 24, maybe 36 shots of my yeah, yeah. and I've got to compose them and think about what's going to happen. Nowadays, we take pictures with our telephones. Yeah, exactly. Which would be insane. Oh, in there's more. There's about four Westerners, including a guy with a beard, <laughs> you know, who may have just been one of the other guys who just disappeared. So, yeah, because they're not all in the same shot. It's cool. So, Samo was not in a relationship with um, Joyce at this point. They had a professional It was a relationship. working relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A close working relationship, shall we say. Yeah. I said, and of course, we've got an interesting said, We've got the lover himself, Mr. Lover Lover. Sorry, Shabba. <laughs> Tony Lung, Lung Afe, Big Tony. Yes. Karina Lau, Lung Ling, who's married to Small Tony. Tony Lung Chua, it all gets confusing. And I said, you know, there's such an interesting cast. You, like we said, we've got standing behind Sandra. We've got 
Angle, Angle Lug. That is her name. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not Angel. It's no, Angle. It's Angle. Yeah. I, I wonder when she was writing the name. And then down. we had Helena Lawland also popping up. Yeah. The yeah. One, the well, we'll talk about more about her later on. Like, the and one as I, we said, you know, and it said, you know, it's just such a cool setup. We've got you know, Sarah Lee is the girl. I said like Leslie's Lee's sister. You know, it's just it's a very interesting cast because some people as well, when this was originally announced, thought this was Inspector West Skirts Part Three. Yes. Well, it's, because officially there is no Inspector West Skirts Part Three. There's a one. There's a two. And there's a Part Four. So this was officially announced as Inspector West Skirts Part I Three. Think, I think all. The, so there's another movie called Assault on Casino Royal Marine, which people also say is Inspector West Skirts Part Three. I think the whole Girls with Guns chronology is just the biggest soup of what is going on with this because no one seems to know what world certain films are in <laughs> which films are sequels to what films and everything else I think none of them are sequels to each other basically I think that's probably the best way they're kind of like the James Bond movies in that way of you know actors can change people can change yeah, 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 there's a yeah. universe but just because she's called because in Hong Kong movies often they'll call people by their name it's very easy to go oh yeah. this is a continuation especially when they're called Michael yeah you're, you're Michael or you're Inspector Lee. Okay, so this, for anybody who's wondering what this is, this is like, you still have these in Hong Kong today. It's basically after someone passes away in Hong Kong, you usually get them cremated and you put them in temples like this and you put their pictures in front of it. So you put the cremation jar basically, in a wall and the pictures in front of it. you don't normally sit there polishing a revolver. No, that is that very weird. Yes, yeah. that's but so that is the one and only Tumpet one who is a legendary peaking opera and movie star. I mean, she made like 285 movies. And tons of, of television. Of which the majority were done in like a 15-year period, 1950 to 1965. Yeah, and she took like a, like she took a weird break all of yeah. a sudden, and then, and then she came back. And she sporadically turned up, and this unfortunately was one of her last films because she passed away about two years later. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is sadly no longer there. This is the old waterfront for Hong Kong, you know, which has all been redeveloped and all nice now. Yeah, so basically, the, a lot, yeah, a lot of the waterfront in Hong Kong has. Well, first of all, when this film was made, the Hong Kong Harbour was a little larger yeah, as well. Okay. Basically, when I first arrived in Hong Kong, to cross the harbour by ferry took twelve minutes. Yeah, it now takes seven. Yes, because of all the reclamation. Yeah. yeah. So uh, waterfronts especially got like yeah. changed so, up and reclaimed and everything. Mina looking cool because it's because Mina's Eurasian. She's got that kind of. Middle East cast. Now, here we are at the Grand Hyatt. And this is very close to where Hong Kong Film Mart held every year. Exactly. At the convention, a five-minute walk away. Yes, indeed. Now, this is not, despite looking very similar, it is not the same location as the fashion show in In the Line of Duty 3. Which we also didn't know. Exactly. Before. But it does look like it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Apparently, that's a very... Good. It was the 80s, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the 1990s, <laughs> but the 1980s are very much uh, still... Very well represented in this movie. So. But no, it, it's just cool. Same thing. It's a fashion show. You got exotic women. You got bored looking police women. It's it's cool. I mean, and then again, I mean, if the set was standing, someone would reshot it. Oh yeah. And we're about to see a motley crew of westerners. We're about to be introduced to Mr. Mark Houghton. Yes. Mr. Ken Goodman. Yes. Mr. Bruce Fontaine. Yes. And from knockoff, Max Rotinsky. There you go. That's a that's like they were kind of like the. Like, well, well, the funny thing is, I crew. spoke to Bruce about this, and he said when they were making this movie, it was probably the, one of the peak times for foreigners. So he goes, he said to me that him, Ken Goodman, and Mark Houghton were actually at a casting at another company where they all got called on their pager. This is oh, Hunger, really? asking them to go to Samuel Hung's office. So he goes, the three of them rocked up to Samuel Hung's office, and Samuel, Samuel's team went, Oh, great, are you guys available? We want to hire you. There's going to be tons of action. It's going to be a really big action scene with guns and martial arts. Well, they were up for that. So they all agreed, and then they all got hired, and then kind of the scene kept getting cut down and cut down and cut down. 
much to their frustration because I said, yeah. I mean, it is a pity when you've got like Mark Houghton and Kingdom and like Mark, Mark especially, you know, he's from Hungar background thing, and suddenly he's basically gets to fire a gun and that's about it. Ken Goodman, who was an American Wushu player. Yes. Who's also an Operation Condor. Max, who was a bit of everything. And then even Bruce, who gets the lion's share, doesn't really get to do much. No, I mean, and it, like, but it does show, though, on one end, like, if you're popular in Hong Kong and you're doing stuff in movies, everybody wants a bit of PC. Yeah. So. And it's a trend. When, when the Guaylos are popular, yeah. every movie needs Guaylo yeah, bad guys. exactly. Yeah, yeah, Those yeah, were yeah. the days. I wish we had more Guaylo bad guys. <laughs> yeah. You make a killing. Exactly. Well, talking of killing, wow, Karina Lau just took someone out. You know, and I said, you know, it's it's a course up super violent to begin with. Yeah, know. the violence in this, if if I compare, it's kind of got that Royal Warriors. Feel. I was going to say, yeah. I think this film would make a good double bill with Royal Warriors. Yeah, and also kind of like the gunplay and everything is very much close to Royal Warriors. Yeah, as well. it's, it's got that film. sense of brutality. <clears throat> yeah, more yeah, than yeah. more so than Yes, Madam. Yes, Madam is more like comic booky. Yeah, comical. this is, this is I hit you and it's going to hurt both of us. And and this film also like has there, you know, she just dived onto a table with a vase on it. And this film also has a, cu- a couple of scenes which are like. So outrageous as well, like in Royal Warriors. But we'll get to those when we get there. Yeah. And as we said, it's just, come on, man, we've got girls with revolvers. Because I kid you not. Girls with guns, yeah. Hong Kong was not sexist. One, originally, Hong Kong policemen did not have guns until the (laughs) early 90s. Why was that, Mike? Because they considered that women were the weaker sex and would be overpowered and lose their guns. They shoot a gun so hard they fly out the window. And then they gave them little titchy guns because they're like you're women because yeah. you know service revolvers are too big <laughs> so it's not at all sexist you know no 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 and no, I said no. Bruce Fontaine I'm sorry Bruce love the hair love the tash but you're not going to make it nope. I, there you go I said Bruce used to train with uh, Mina and one of the villains of the piece Agnes at uh, Eddie Mayer's gym back in the day so yeah at Eddie Mayer who we've of course seen in some other girls gun films exactly such as Yes Man yes everything now, this is the same location. It's very interesting because they're cutting between the car park and another location that looks suspiciously like the writing rugs above the law location. I was going to say, it looks very But I similar. think it's more, it's the, the car park at the APA, at the is Academy of Performing Arts. It, it, it kind of looks, I was going to say, it kind of looks like the car park, car park of... Um, uh, the immigration? Or Yeah, 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 it does. That's, I mean, that's kind of where it is. So it's it's. I think it's the car park for the APA, the Academy of Performing Arts in Wenchai. yeah. That's yeah, quite close, yeah. Which is opposite of where, um, in, if you've seen Police Story 3, uh, 2, yeah. where, uh, where Jackie where runs, Jackie across, runs the across the road. Yeah. yeah. So, as we said, now, yeah, Mina, Mina can run. Now, Mina's interesting then because she was a model. Yeah. And East, she, she'd gone into Miss Hong Kong and she won Miss Photogenic and then she went on to win the Miss Hong Kong competition. And in true Hong Kong fashion, hey, you won Miss Hong Kong. You want to be an action star? More or less. Yeah. <laughs> More or less. Now, she's not fully Chinese. She's half Australian. She's, she is Eurasian, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the interesting thing is the Eurasian identity is, is addressed a lot in this movie. Yeah. And it's addressed in a very interesting way because, like, Dumbit One's character keeps referring to her as a kind of, as a half-breed. Yeah. As a thing, because the funny thing is there is a weird... There's acceptance, not acceptance of Eurasians. Like, if you're a Eurasian male and you're six foot tall and super athletic, that's really cool. Yeah. If you're less than six foot tall, it seems to be an issue. Like, there's a friend of ours, Jason Tobin, yeah. who's had great success with Warrior. In Hong Kong, people are like, oh, he's the wrong Eurasian, Mike. He's not six foot four and strapping. You're like, but he's a really good actor. Well, what's also interesting is someone like Anthony Wong. Which yeah. Be, he, he was Eurasian as well, but he was also cast as the villain. Yeah, I well. mean, I used to, when I first saw Anthony Wong in movies, I was like, is he a white guy? Because Anthony 
because I think of his glandular issue and also well, he the way he styles yeah, yeah. himself, sometimes he can look so Western yeah, and sometimes so Chinese. Now, that's a ballsy move, going through the fire. Like, <laughs> you know, it's one thing to go through fire on a mo- in a motorcycle helmet, etc., but to go through, you know, even if you got jello, that's still a scary experience. Now, she does a lot of stuff in this yeah. movie. She's, she's willing to, like, you know... And well, that's where Stephen Dogway gets shot in hard-boiled. There you, you know, go. It's all just through the same area. The same location's used all the time. You know, because this is all literally geographically correct. This is the, yeah. the right block. You could actually have this car chase... On Hong Kong would, Island. And it would make sense. You'd come out the convention, you'd come out the Grand Hire to the APA, have your car chase, kill some people, blow up some cars, all within two blocks. This is a very yes, madam moment right here. Oh but, yeah, like exactly. with the and that is Michael Dinger, who was a legend in Hong Kong movies. He was your agent as well. Yeah, there you go. I see she's getting a medal. Now again, from uh, the Prince, the Sultan of Brunei, I think, it, <laughs> or maybe the Sultan of Johor. I don't know. Yes, indeed. Yes. Or what? It's one of them co- countries that doesn't exist. You know. It's uh, it's very now. But yes, Hong Kong police, Hong Kong police, women used to have to wear skirts on duty. Yeah, well, it was back then. It was the Royal British? Police yes, it was. Not come up again. The yes. Royal Hong Kong Police. And we'll definitely see it later on in a scene. And on well. July first, they just became the Hong Kong Police. Yeah, indeed. So yeah, yeah. and see, oh, there's some flirting going on. Oh, there we go. And it's interesting because Samo said Samo is producing and cameoing, and the funny thing is, there's another movie with Samo with a Mina. Joyce, I will flip between calling her Joyce and Mina. I know her as Mina most of the time. All right. Uh, and Agnes Morello, who plays the villain, called License to Steal, that Samuel also produced, where Samuel also does a couple of very strange cameo appearances. Like at one point, he's in a lift just for, for one shot, and then suddenly at the end, he just pops up in a very well blatant cameo. He, he, li- he likes to cameo in films he produced. I mean, in Mr. Vampire 3, which we did yeah. the audio commentary for as well, he also randomly shows up and has a dinner party with his and friends. And he's dressed in his own clothes, very obviously. Yeah, yeah. Time he's like, period wise, he's, he's like, completely he's like, like, whatever. I just want yeah. to have my mates. But as we said, it's interesting, now, it's interesting as well, because Karina Leo and Tony Leung, it's very funny. Tony Leung, there is an alternate universe where he was the star of The Last Emperor. Yeah, it, that, but, that's a weird story, that. They went with John Lone because John Lone had that level of international recognition. There was still something about John Lone that gave him the edge. He would have been an interesting choice, though. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. He's a good actor. And, I mean, and of course, the funny thing is, uh, Tony Lone, of course, a few years after this, he became Mr. Lover Lover when he did Sean Jack Arno's, you know, The Lover with the young Jane Birch and, you know, completely broke stereotypes because he's an older Chinese man Hitting on a young Western girl. There you go. And doing the naughty naughty. Doing the naughty. And talking to the naughty naughty. For a, <laughs> for a Hong Kong police women movie, this is quite raunchy. I was going to say. Because, I was... like, okay, Line of Duty 3, the bad guys get it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the hero and the heroine getting it on. Well, again, I mean, I, I, I love how 80s their apartment still looks. My apartment here. looks like that. Well, I guess this <laughs> yeah, film, yeah. I guess to be honest, honestly, this film came out in like. Um, 1990. In 1990, but it came out in April, so... It been shot in 1989, I think. Yeah, could have been shot in 1989. Yeah. Could have been, could have and been. And it's interesting as well because... Okay, Samo and Ina at the time had a working relationship. Yeah. But it, it's very hard when you're doing a movie and they suddenly say, oh, we need you to make out with the main actress. And by the way, her very close friend, shall we say, <laughs> is producing the movie and standing to one side. Her uh, very close friend who's known as the Daigon Knight, the yeah. biggest brother of all I, brothers. I did a movie in China for a producer of mine, Henry Look, that you've met. Oh, yes, yes, And yes. I arrived at the location in China to find out that it wasn't a police thriller we were making. It was a supernatural 
romantic comedy, and my character would be trying to get back with his ex-wife, played by Henry's wife. And I had to do romantic scenes with Henry's wife, which was very awkward for both her and me, as we've known each other for 25 uh, years. Mike, uh, Mike you, kiss her more passionately. Uh, okay. Mike, uh, kiss her more passionately. passionately. That's too passionate. Uh, that's, that too passionate, passionate that's too passionate, Mike. That's too passionate. That's what he spoke speaks. And it's also interesting as well how they address birth control in this movie. Yeah. It's, which, uh, which we'll touch on a few things, because Hong Kong at this time was, was having a very strong thing about safe sex, because when AIDS and everything first burst on the thing... Hong Kong, unfortunately, was a country where they didn't treat it with any level of respect. We mentioned audio audio commentaries before. In Hong Kong pop culture, it kind of was almost treated like a joke. Yeah. Um, Like I said, there was an actress in Hong Kong who... Don't do this to condoms, gentlemen. Who basically, on TV, made a joke about Freddie Mercury having AIDS the day before it was announced Freddie Mercury had AIDS. Yep. And and like I said, a character who turns up later, played by Stephen Chan... In his Wing Chun book, has a picture where he's wearing a T-shirt with the legend AIDS busters on it. Yeah, okay. So this is a Vietnamese, uh, supposed to be the Vietnamese refugee camp. Now there were Vietnamese refugees. There was a lot of Vietnamese refugees. Yeah, especially in the new territories. Um, You can also see this camp very similarly in a movie called Run and Kill. Yes. Um, And basically that camp was was rough and eventually was shut down because actually was a major fire there. Yeah, there was big riots and everything. Big riots. Eventually, like, yeah, this is too crazy. We're shutting because basically the the funny thing was. The, the Vietnamese refugee camps kind of became a little bit like Kowloon Ward City. Yes. Was people were going out and committing crime and then going back into the refugee camps. There, there was a lot of... Uh, yeah, there was a so lot in of the early 90s, around, around this time, there were a couple of cases where it was like, well, sure. we know these people came out of the Vietnamese prison camp, yep. committed the crime, and then went back to the, to the so, refugee camp. Sorry, not prison camp, refugee camp. So if anybody's wondering why this is showing up in the film, yeah. that's your answer. Yeah, and, there's, and the funny thing is the, act, the European actress, Liv Ullman, yeah, uh, wrote an article complaining about the, the the refugee camps in Hong Kong, and a Hong Kong director made a movie answering that, going, "Okay, some of these people are real refugees. Some of these people are criminals." Yeah, they, they they fled and it was and, their way yeah. out. It's interesting because I love the way. I mean, Yun Wah is ballsy as hell as ever. Yun Wah is a. I mean, I know he's played like you know the good guy and everything. I prefer him as a bad guy. Yun Wah is such he's a, a good, good villain. villain. He's a great. And villain. He's just he's just awesome. And now, who is this mysterious musmanly? <laughs> is it Julia Nixon from Rambo: First Blood Two? Is she no. about to ask you why? <laughs> no, that totally shot in the studio. Or something exactly, like that. <laughs> that's not. That's, that's, that's they trying to suddenly make her romantic in that shot. Yeah, that, yeah. that is the Filipino American powerhouse known as Agnes Orella. Okay, so did you ever meet Agnes? Yes. Okay, wh- I actually met her in the gym, which so- shows how long ago it was. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was. I was in Spotlight Gym in Wampo, which was oh. a very eighties, nineties gym. You know, ask me more about her really quickly though. This is the bird market. This bird market still exists in Hong Kong yes. in Mong Kok. So, but sadly, the, the 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 joys of going to coffee shops and tea shops and having lots of birds. Yeah, that's kind of, that's this thing called bird flu kind of put yeah, that to an SARS end. SARS kind of like yeah, when I first Kong arrived in Hong Kong, it did confuse me when you would go to a tea shop and people would turn up with birds. But yep, the gentleman feeding the parrot is Wing Chun master Stephen T K Chan. Yep, who you know you probably best remember from Crime Story where he falls for yes, Jackie Chan. Yep. He's also in movies like Widow Warriors and in the. Long Arm of the Law Part 3. Yeah. And parrots are actually, um, the parrot that he has, parrots are actually quite popular pets in Hong Kong. Yeah. More so than any other country I've lived. I don't know why, but like my next door neighbor has a parrot. Yeah, like, well, it's, it's, it's everywhere. Like, oh, there's like a couple of guys who walk around with parrots on them all the time. It's, uh, it, it's, it's, yeah, and the people go yeah. out with their parrots here. It, it's, yeah, it's, like that's, that's the thing, like 
when I first got to college, I'd be like, okay, I have friends in England who have parrots, but they don't go out with it on their shoulder for Seriously, a walk. Now think about it. Do you know any other countries that in, in Asia that have as many parrots as here? Because they, they have quite a few here. I don't really go looking for parrots. I don't know. know. I can't, because I've lived in, I've lived, I don't, you don't see in Japan. You don't see in Thailand. You don't see it. Yeah, the ones in Japan are ninjas. <laughs> ninjas, yeah. Ninja parrots. You they they, they weirder, they weirder pets out there. But see, the same thing. I like the fact that Stephen Chen is like, no, 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 you can't speak Vietnamese to me. This is Hong Kong. You've got to speak Cantonese. He's very proud of his roots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's a bad guy. Also very useful for the audience. Yes. Because usually when terrorists or anything get together, they prefer to speak the language of the country they're in. Exactly. That's the way it works. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes it works. Yeah, yeah it yeah, works yeah. for a movie where you go, the movie is very, very poor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And go, ah, you know, because I respect you, I shall speak your language and let you know what I'm planning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. So long before all the Karens in the real world came out, they were in Hong Kong movies going, no, 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 you got to speak a language yeah, I understand. Exactly, yes. I don't care that you're a Vietnamese crime gang. You will speak Chinese and I will understand it. Maybe we should talk a bit more about Yun Wah. I mean, this guy, I mean, many a role. We've talked before how you had cast him in Australia yeah. and all that. We've talked before how he was like the stunt double for Bruce Lee, which is really impressive. The funny thing that is, I think also it's because he had the same physicality. I mean, he had the yeah, exact yeah. body shape. That's what's so wild. Yeah, and so you know, one of Bruce's legs is actually a lot shorter than the other. That that also is astounding to me. What but, did you do to him? <laughs> what did I do to him? What are your favorite films with Yunwa as a villain? Of course, Eastern Condors. Yep, Iceman Cometh. That's Iceman really Com great. Yep, Dragons Forever. Yep, he and there's a movie called The Final Test, which is like a a Hong Kong version of Outland. Yeah. Where, where he's like this Terminator-style villain who plays on Atari VCS. He's really cool in that. Oh, I like anything. If yeah, anybody yeah. Atari's in there and stuff. But see, he's an interesting guy. I can say, like, birth name is uh, Yun Kai Chi. Took the name Yun out of respect for Yujim Yun. Yep. Now, what's his English name? I don't know, but his you're... His English name is Sam. Sam Yun. Because one time he called me up and was like, be mate, Sam. I was like, Sam who? He went, Sam Yun. I went, who's Sam Yun? He went, Yun Wah. I went, oh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Oh, really? Does he yeah, use yeah. that commonly, or...? It's on his passport. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it means that he's registered. Exactly, because when I got him for Australia, I had to do his passport. <laughs> yeah. But he's very interesting, because he began his career, as said, you know, was uh, at the Chinese Opera University Academy with, uh, you know, Samuel and Jackie, Yunbu, etc. Moved into stunts, said, you can see him as Bruce Lee's stunt acrobatic double in both Fist of Fury and Enter the Dragon. And in Fist of Fury, he's the guy telling Bruce Lee, you want to go in the park, you walk through my le you crawl through my legs. <laughs> and in Enter the Dragon, he's the guy who catches the apple at the feast. Now, then after Bruce Lee passed away, he kind of went back to just being a stunt double. He did a lot of stunts for people like David Chang at Shaw Brothers and a lot of actresses because of his build. He was very wiry and everything. Yeah. And he did a couple of cool movies where, like, there's a movie called Coward Bastard, which is a great title. He's also awesome in That's it. a good name. Yeah. But it wasn't really until later when Summer Hug started using him properly that he got the recognition as both an actor and not just for his physicality but for his acting as well and that's of course when you saw him in things like Mr. Vampire where he was the original vampire Dragons Forever Eastern Condors etc then of course he kind of took the mantle of Lam Ching Ying and did certain movies as the vampire hunter including he was the replacement in Demon Hunters the abandoned English language one now the funny thing is some of the projects he did that you don't expect like we nearly got to see him fight Joe Lewis what really? yeah John Lewis did a movie called Jaguar Lives for Sandy Howard and he comes to Hong Kong and he follows a criminal through the 70s streets of Hong Kong out to Aberdeen and it's Yun Wah and you're thinking we're going to see this epic fight and then he gets on a different boat. Oh. oh well. And you're like why did you come to Hong Kong and do that? <laughs> That's you know, like, so anticlimactic. Exactly, yeah. But one of my favourite roles of Yun Wah's is there's a movie with Stephen Chow directed by Danny Lee called uh, Legend of the Dragon 
and it's basically Way of the Dragon, but with snooker replacing martial arts. Well, I like, and, I like films like that. Jimmy White, snooker champion, is, is basically Chuck Norris. And in that movie, Yunwar plays Stephen Chow's father, who used to be the stunt double of Bruce Lee. <laughs> and okay. it's, it's a kind of very meta sequence, yeah, but it's great fun. And then, of course, you know, Kung Fu Hustle, he got a lot of acclaim for that. Yes. And after that, I brought him out for Australia, where the funny thing is, Yunwa doesn't speak very fluent English. And his casting, he made a mistake at one point, started slapping himself in the head, like, ah, oh, I'm very frustrated. And they were and like, like, this That's... is cool, this is fantastic. So we used him in that, and he was in like Australia for months. Like, he was there for about six months, had a great time. Did English get better while he was there? Not really. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, he went back to Australia for Shang-Chi, where he turns up. So, yeah. That's great. Now, come on, Samuel Hung in the police uniform looks great. And because it's the, eight, it's the 80s, 90s, you can get away with Tony Logan a yellow shirt. <laughs> a yellow polo shirt underneath a jacket. It really does indeed stand out. It's, it's yeah, it's got that, that pastel now, see, 80s flair. There you go. Amy Yip making a brief cameo there as well. It's like, yeah. It, why is she in this movie? I can't figure out. <laughs> no, seriously, like, she's basically not. A, she just randomly showed up. Because she's going by said set that, going, oh, sit here for a second. What are we doing? She oh, okay. just kind of started to make them. That's why I said, this is where, as well, there's a lot of the tie over from It's Inspector Wears Skirts Part 3. Because. I think kind of like we discussed with Blonde Fury, where some movies would get delayed or things would happen, and then people would get busy. Yeah, yeah. So I have a feeling that this actually did kind of begin as Inspector Wears Skirts 3. And then they, they reworked and it. It got reworked. So Amy does her cameo, because if we're going to talk about nightclub girls, oh. Amy Yip can play a very cool Oh, Amy Yip can now, definitely do that. I need to make something. A nightclub in Hong Kong has a different conversation, because when I yes. first came to Hong Kong, People would say to me, Big Mike, you ever go to a nightclub? And I used to go, I used to go every week back in England. <laughs> uh, you, you did? <laughs> or try and meet some girls. Like, wow, Big Mike, you're a very bad guy. <laughs> You've got a lot of energy, too, And then apparently. I found out that what we refer to as a nightclub no. was known as a disco in yes. Hong Kong. And nightclubs in Hong Kong, shall we say, are where you go and you meet young well, ladies. we'll see it soon enough. And so. you pay for their time. Shall we say compensated dating? Um, because basically to get around the prostitution laws and everything in Asia you're paying for the lady's time whatever happens between you and the lady is your own business it kind of of happens in Japan as well you have like so in Japan and Hong Kong and China you have these hostess bars yeah and it is kind of interesting because it, it, I will admit it's good for the ego when you sit down and there's beautiful women laughing at your every joke and filling your drink and playing drinking I, games. I, I have a story about this. Okay. <laughs> so, I, hear this, yeah. I was in Japan and at the time we were working with Capcom um, and Namco Bandai and some other companies. And I used to work, do a lot of media for the video game industry. And at one point I was there, they took us out for a nice dinner because we'd done a project with them and gone quite well. And they go, ah, we're going to take you something now. And I was like, okay, cool. I went to this place. I go, I wonder what this is. And I sat down. And all of a sudden, this woman comes opposite of me and starts talking to me in nonstop Japanese. Like a, a train of just word salad. And I'm like... Uh, word salad, I like that. I was, yeah, like, yeah. I, was like, I was like, what is happening? And she kept pouring my drinks. I was like, oh, no, no. I was like, kind of like that scene in Lost in Translation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening to me? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, where am I? And she goes, oh, oh it's very, very good. I'm like, I look up, and I took my phone out. I'm like, where am I? I'm like... Oh, this is a whole. Oh, <laughs> this is where I am. So I was like, uh, and eventually I got out of there pretty quickly, but it was bizarre. Now, the, the funny thing is, I said, the hostess bar that they go, it's very interesting as well. This is the long lamented, this is Club Bebos. 
Yes. Okay? And this is actually Club Bebos. This is the interior of Club Bebos. It's a very good likeness. Where was Club Bebos? Club Bebos used to be in Chips of Chai East. It was originally known as, I kid you not, Club Volvo. And you used to get driven to your gonna, car. I was I heard about this. You get used to go there, or so I heard, and you get in a little car, and a miniature Volvo car would drive you to your table. Yes. And it was an experience, shall we say. It seems like a wild place. Um, and, it said, and it used to make 450000 US dollars a weekend. It used to make incredible amounts of money. Yeah. Wow. Okay, and... You could understand why business deals got taken care of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, it was very strange. So the funny thing was, there used to be, or so I remember people telling me, there used to be Club Bebos, there used to be China City, which used to have a big 21 fighter jet on the roof. I've heard about okay. that place too. Uh, and they were both within five minutes walking distance. And then there was another China City, which we'll see shortly, because bizarrely, you see them in a minute going up the escalator to China City, and then they go to Bebos. Which is like a fifteen-minute walk away, so it's very strange. Oh, I guess they, but, um, they, they but, kicked yeah. out of one or <laughs> yeah. to the other. I have but no idea. basically, this was a very common thing. Like in, even to this day, you have whereas a lot of the big nightclubs of Sherry City disappeared. Yeah. Now you still have things where you'll go to karaoke's, and some karaoke's you go and sing a song, and some karaoke's are basically lower. Lower rent versions of these nightclubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and it, that's a night. There, you, look at that phone. I miss the phone, like, man. man. That's a Daigo portable phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. A, That's not even a mobile phone. That's a portable plug-in at the office. Ah, oh, with an extendable aerial. See, this they're going up the escalator to China City at the China Ferry Terminal. So they blended these two clubs but together to go into Bebos. You would go down an escalator. Huh. So this is the top of China Ferry Terminal. You know where you get the ferries to Macau yeah, yeah, yeah. and to China to Shanghai and everything so it's kind of interesting you know <laughs> because that is the thing because you get those girls there who are like oh what can I tell you please let me talk to you and the funny thing is I will admit that I was taken a few times to nightclubs like that and everything okay you would meet people there and you would find girls who were putting themselves through college or putting yeah yeah, yeah through this like, yeah. there is a girl I still know to this day and I met her because a film company took me to a club and she was training to be a lawyer. Oh, wow. So are we in Bebos right now? Are we still this in... This is a set. This is a set oh, representing so I was going to say, because yeah. this looks a bit different than yeah. like everything else. So yeah, this is a set representing Bebos. But yes, you would have women dressed very much like Agnes is dressed in Chern Serbs, showing you to your tables. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you watch Ringo Lamb's Full Contact, there the you know Simon Yam's character hangs out in Caesar's nightclub, which used to be in Chimsa Choi on Nathan Road. So all these, yeah. all these nightclubs are around Chimsa Choi then? Yeah. It seems to be like a vast majority, yeah. which is Kowloon side for anybody. Because like, you have to remember, in the 80s, Kowloon side was the cool place. Right. It was only in the 90s, really, that Hong Kong side took over. You know, it was like, ah. in the, because the funny thing is, now a lot of people refer to Kowloon side as the dark side. Yes, yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. But when I arrived, Kowloon was the cool place. Central was fun. It's kind of, kind of Kowloon's becoming cooler again now, a little There's bit. There's the lovely strawberry young, young Yok Choi, exact translation of her name, but that's what I like. Her name in Chinese is strawberry. Her name in, in English, English is strawberry. strawberry. Yeah. Well, that okay. That is super clear. That makes it so much easier than all these people to go. Oh, my Chinese name is Dave Johnson. You go. Oh, what's your <laughs> English name? Steve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a Rolex. No Rolex is stolen on this movie. No, there's no watch yeah. adverts yeah. anymore. Yeah. Like it's, it's not a DMB film. A DMB so there's, film. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no tragic moment where oh look everybody's dead. Come by a guy Rush watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But also his watch is fine, but he got shot. We discussed this actually the other week because I was in China for a meeting and I messaged you and said, Oh my god, I've forgotten how heavy the drinking is in Chinese 
feel popular with cheese. Well, it could be heavy in Hong Kong. Because when I first got here, it was pretty it, bad. Because it's the thing down is, Whereas in England, I was used to sipping brandy or something. Here, people are like, chug it down. Well, uh, what I've seen them do is, they, they, they obviously, they play a lot of drinking games yeah. here. And the drinking games are insane. Yes. Like, they're basically designed for you to drink as much as possible in as short a period as possible as well. And make as much noise as possible. Yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. This is a nice little... Uh, office. Yeah, I mean, it's a, this is what I knew it was a set, because I was like, I have been in yeah, the offices of Beavis. They were not that big. That looks Beavis so very, had some money, but they looks, could not afford that. It looks very designed. Exactly. So. But... It's cool because, as we've said before, the problem is when you have a real location, it's very hard when you, you want to stop blowing stuff it. up. Because yeah. <laughs> exactly. when you tell people, I'm just going to put some explosives around your $20 million big vase. They get nervous. They get, they nervous. get pretty nervous yeah, when yeah. that happens. But as we said, Amy Yip has vanished. She was just in, in the office. And if you're in a nightclub, at least have a scene of Amy Yip in a low-cut dress. That's super weird, I'm right? speaking for the audience, not I, for myself. And that's why I ask you, why was she in this movie? Maybe she has some scenes that were cut, or maybe she's yeah, off and yeah, doing yeah, another yeah, movie. Yeah. I don't know, man. But, I know, but... And, okay, you know it's late 80s when funky, big, night vision goggles. <laughs> yeah. We should talk about this film's cinematographer. It's actually quite... There's two cinematographers of this film. Tom La Muntong, who did, like, around between 15 and 60 films... He also shot writing wrongs. See, there you go. It's all connected. As we said, the girls with guns genre is super connected. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, he and he also met Yunwa again in Mr. Vampire Saga 4. There you go. Where Yunwa played a very different character. Exactly. Than this. Now Yunwa is also wearing a very cool funkadelic jacket. Like he's got his check suit on. He looks he looks pretty cool. He's, he's a good bad guy. He's a good, he's also, a good bad he's guy. He's so skinny and wiry. He just looks cool. I like how bulky their 3D goggles are. Oh, they're amazing. Their night vision goggles are, sorry. So, so going back to Tom, uh, yeah. uh, Tom Lao Muntong, um, he also shot uh, A Counter Spooky Kind 2, which is, again, a Sam Wong film. Yep. A Sam Hong film, sorry. Uh, he shot Pedicab Driver, again, cool. Sam Hong. He also film. shot High Risk, the movie that's not really making fun of, Je- of Jackie Chan, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but he also directed... None of us realized when we were making that film, honestly. He only directed one movie, and he uh, shot the, the movie infamous. and wrote... The Rape After. That's a weird one to make as your sole film. It's, no, he's like, you'd be like, I want my mum to see what I've done. But then again, I did. my mum used to keep the, the the lobby card with me on it from Rape in Public Sea on the fridge in England. <laughs> I was like, uh, I've done other movies. She goes, I know, but she goes, it just makes me laugh when I see your name on that. <laughs> it's so absurd. Yeah. The other cinematographer is Jimmy Long Ching-Ming, and he shot 35 films, but he worked a lot with um, Jackie Chan and Jackie. Jackie. I mean, Armor of God. Petty Hero. Hero. Paddy, Paddy Cab Driver again. Slickers vs. Killers, which also features Joyce yep. Kedenzi. Dragons Forever. And The Protector. Yeah, exactly. Now, okay, see so here, they're now in another building in Chimsa Trees. This is where the China Travel Service is in Chimsa Trees. On the ground floor, they're running around here. So basically, this is just across from the like, the new police story, the yeah, police yeah. story mall. It, it's interesting how much, uh, quad geography, how much this film is basically shot in small pockets well, of Chimsa Trees. And small pockets production managers Central. and companies know which locations yeah. are film friendly. Which is why we see yeah, them yeah. a lot in... Yeah, because like, they know, okay, this is the basement floor where they don't get... There used to be a really cool uh, place called Bar City that everyone used to use. Yeah. And like Judgment AD was in this building, which was a really That's cool That's such club. a cool club name, yeah. man, Judgment yeah. AD. Yeah. And those were the days where you could go to... Di- you, you go to the disco at four o'clock in the morning, there was still a queue. They had all day discos here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We used to have a thing called Noon D, yeah, yeah. which was afternoon disco for, for teenagers. <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you ever go to Noon D? Yeah, I was I was young enough I could go. Oh, cool. Yeah, but it was just very funny because people would tell you like, you want to go Noon D? And you're like, what's Noon D? Like afternoon disco. Yeah. You know? So I said, now 
They're running out. They're in the China ferry terminal. Yep. If you went through there, you go to immigration. It's it's so bizarre. Okay, and like now they're how... running past yeah, yeah. the original Hard Rock Cafe. You're okay. getting, you guys are getting a very good uh, tour a very of, good thing of old school eighties Hong Kong. And if they would run slightly further, you'd see me in a phone box talking about Royal Warriors locations. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So basically, all these films—it's actually East Chim Sa Choi, yeah. where this is. All these films are well, shot. Well, this is Canton Road. Yeah. Well, okay, that was Canton. Yeah. The phone box earlier—they're they're yeah. jumping locations so fast. But basically, a lot of those films are shot around East Chim Sa Choi. Simply again, as Mike said. It was kind of like friendly to film there, and now, see, I've like, always yeah. wanted to ask my Vietnamese friends, like keep me too. Is cutting a chunk of your hair off and then burning it? Is it really? I asked someone Vietnamese that I know, and they said they are. Those are music is crazy. I just because sometimes I, I go, or is it just for films? Because like, when I used to watch Hong Kong movies, before I came to Hong Kong, I thought all oh, this burning of stuff maybe it was just for films. And I came to Hong Kong with all oh, they, oh, really they burn stuff all the time yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. So I, I asked. I've always wanted to ask one of my Vietnamese friends, like if I die. Would you cut a slice of your hair off? Burn it in the light. What are you talking about, mate? Yeah, I know. I asked another <laughs> yeah. friend I knew what was about. It. So, oh, see, there's the queen. There's the queen. God bless her. Yeah, late great queen. Yeah, you know, see, that was because you used to have to swear allegiance to the queen. Yep. You know, Hence and, the royal... Exactly, the royal <laughs> Hong Police. Yeah. But it, it was very... Think, like, you know, and it's interesting, Rob, because it's so hard now to think that there's not a queen. Because like my entire life, there was a queen. Yeah, now you know, the king. So, so now the king. I can't think of King Charles because I got King Charles. I was like five hundred years ago. <laughs> you know, I still think it's Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you used to be. That that's why it's funny that you know people always complain. You go, yeah, when 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 Hong Kong became part of China, they took down the picture of the queen. They put up the picture of Mao Zedong. It's like you go, it was still a face. You yeah, know? no, it, it was it was uh, it was interesting. But thing. as we said, the same thing. The, the funny they're playing up that thing of Mina is not given respect because her character is a Eurasian. Yeah. She's given shit because she's Eurasian and she's a woman. <laughs> when, when basically, I first, when I first came to Hong Kong, I, I, I'm not kidding with this. There was an advert on TV. I think it was here for like eight months. I saw yeah. an advert on television that said, "Be nice to foreigners. Do not put snakes in their drawers at work." I'm like, <laughs> I was like, because when I first arrived, that kind of shit would happen. No, but I could not. Do you put snakes in drawers at work? No, you don't. I'm like, no, but the thing is, I literally saw an advert like that. I was like, what there are you, used to be what when I first came to Hong Kong. There used to be things like that which you would go. Wait a minute! Yeah. Like, who would do that? Like, what kind of people live here? That this is you're having to tell people: do not plant nuclear weapons on people. Yeah, like, I, I was very nervous when I yeah, saw that. Yeah, yeah, I go, yeah. do what? Especially as Mister Venomer, as we've discussed before, does not like snakes. No, no. like you know, like Mister Venomer can navigate the streets of Hong Kong because he knows exactly what's going to do. I can read the signs for King Cobra and everything so else. It's very funny because you'll be walking down the street with Mister Venomer, and he'll go, bah, 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 and suddenly. He'll dart across the road for four feet and then come back and be like, well, oh, there's a sleep shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really don't like him. I it's really very, very like funny. Him. Now, see, that's not a flattering outfit for, for, for Karina Lau, I'm afraid. I do like the contrast between Red and, and everything else. It makes yeah. her look more now, angry. There's a movie Karina Lau did called Naughty Boys, which she did for Jackie Chan. Yes. Which is, is a very bizarre movie. It has one of the... A, a cameo by Jackie Chan is worthy but, of Samuel so, Really quickly. What's he doing in there? Is he peeping Tom that we don't know about? Because no one ever addresses why he's in the women's bathroom all no, of a sudden. No, because he's heard there's a fight going on. That's why he's got in there. I don't know. I think he's what? a peeping Tom. <laughs> I think he's one of the lockers. No, no. The I know time... the reason you go no, inside no, 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 the no, women's no. bathroom. I do not go in the women's bathroom. No, he, okay. he I, was in one of those lockers. No, no. He was behind. He's in one of those lockers. And he's peeping on everybody in there. And then when he saw stuff happen, and no one even asked about this. This is this gentleman is a peeping Tom. And we should. Are you speaking from experience? No, this is you're, you're like, I was, I was just checking. Look, look at him standing there. He's definitely a peeping Tom. Like, he's, he's all hot and bothered. 
Because he's been watching these ladies the whole time. And then he broke okay. in to break up the I would fight. like to apologise to the audience. I don't know what drugs Mr. Venom has taken prior to watching this movie. Okay. Uh, I think there should, be a, there should be a shot of him walking in. He was in my the, understanding yeah. is he heard a ruckus be in a the female locker room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a very large female locker well, room. It's a large female station. rocker room, and I don't yeah. know why, I don't know how far outside he's saying And he, he had a fight with guns being drawn between his sister and his wife. Uh, well, how the police were everything. Uh, yeah. I don't think he was in there peeping. Because his sister is a policewoman. Maybe he would have peeped at his sister. You think he's that kind of pervert? No, I think he's peeping Tom. Are you trying to say he's the ultimate hubs up low, the disgusting sexual war? He might be. Is this why he became Mr. Lover Lover? I think this is this why Mr. Lover Lover. See, ah, we connected ah, it all. There, there we go. go. This Jean-Jacques Arnaud went, aha, he's hiding in the locker. I like this guy. Yes, yes, yes. Cast him so, in the film. You know, but as we said, he's very popular in France. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to reality. Yes. Okay. I love the colonial construction here. This is yeah. very nice. Now, as we've said, so, young Miss, young Miss Mina, it's very interesting. You know, she's got Australian father, Chinese mother. said, Grew up between Australia and Hong Kong. Yeah. And then, then began working as a model because she's got that height. She's got the height. But so the, the idea that she's a tall... This is where we said to get... If you're a tall Eurasian, it's a selling point. Yep. Oh, you're tall. You've got... Well, they have you've certain, got legs. They've got a certain image of, your, yeah. of like Westerners and yeah. Eurasians here. Yeah. So, they, so, said, so she entered the Miss Hong Kong pageant, originally got Miss Phonogenic, and then was crowned Miss Hong Kong 1984... Yep. And represented Hong Kong at the 1984 Miss Universe pageant. Okay, so then made her film debut as a pretty girl. That's her credit in the Seventh Curse, sitting sitting with Jerry and Fat and Go discussing the legend of Wisely and Go. Then she turned up in a movie called The Ghost Snatchers, and then Sammo Hung went, Ah, oh, this tall Eurasian girl. I think she would turn her into a super fierce Vietnamese fighting chick. Yep, and thus gave her a career. But then she also turns up in a movie called The Goofy Gang. Less than about that, the better. <laughs> spooky, spooky, where she kicks a ghost's head off, yes. which is awesome. I like that movie. We should Paper do... Marriage, which is awesome, where yeah. she plays Samo's ex-wife. <laughs> then she did She Shoot Straight and License Steel. License Steel, which I absolutely love, is this awesome movie. Then she's in The Raid. No, no, not Gareth Not, not that one. No, no, no. Troy Hark's version of The Raid, where she plays a Japanese villain. Okay. Then there's a movie called Slickers vs. Killers where she's Samo's psychiatrist who has a fake ship. She has a fake motorboat in her office with back projection where she, she does her, her interviews with you. It's very bizarre. Okay. So then she briefly stepped back from the industry for a couple of years. Yep. And then 1995... She reappear, reappeared, married young Mr. Summerhug, made an honest man out of him. Yeah, in 1994, 95, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and the interesting thing is, she's very religious. She's a Jehovah's Witness, and she's very outspoken about oh, wow. her belief in that. Can you imagine, you're sitting at home, and there's a knock at the door, and you're not, and there's, there's Mina Genenzi, and someone would go, would you, can we talk to you about the Watchtower? Would you let them in? Yes, no. Uh... Because you can let them talk about movies. It'd bigger, really, yeah. Let yeah, them yeah. They'd be in for a surprise. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, look at all these things on the shelf. But no, I said, so it's very interesting because she, she actually writes for the Hong Kong Watchtower and everything. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, she's yeah. really into it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, and she says it like helped her, her find herself again when she oh. felt she'd lost herself in the industry. She was Samo's voice coach, English style coach for Martial Law Seasons 1 and 2. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. She was also working with Jackie and the late Lin Chin on Mr. Nice Guy to help Jackie with his dialogue 
And you can see her briefly, Mr. Nice Guy, she catches the food. Yeah. Thing. And then we tried to bring her out of retirement for Crazy Rich Asians to play one of Michelle Yeoh's game. Where where is that that shot? That's where I live, man. That's my house. That's around the corner. Is that around the corner of your house? Really? Yeah. Oh, Honestly, okay. That's psycho, man. That's why you won't come and see me because snakes everywhere. Because there's snakes and Vietnamese booby traps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Every time I say, "Honey, you want to come over and watch a movie?" He's like, Are "There's snakes and Vietnamese booby traps." I go, "Yeah." And he goes, oh, "I'm not coming." Yeah, yeah, no, I never yeah. Like that but no, that is yeah. That's how it's psycho. Yeah. There's a lot of abandoned cars, and, and, and there are some dangerous traps. Yeah, yeah, it looks, it looks yeah. uh, definitely. Uh... Now, as we said, it's interesting because Tony Lung, he suffers for his art in the next few minutes. Oh man, he gets, <laughs> yeah, he gets, yeah, yeah, he gets, yeah. uh, he gets uh, dragged and dropped and I mean, thrown everywhere. It's like you know, the man pays the price. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? And as we said, it's he gets the point because, like I said, you know, Tony Lung made his debut. In a movie, Burning of the Imperial Palace. Yeah. Which actually ended up with him being banned in Taiwan for a while because he'd done this very mainland Chinese movie. Oh, okay. Okay, at the time there was a lot of issues. And then, of course, he appears in Prison of Fire for Ringo Lamb where he's kind of like the Andy Dufresne. He's like, Johnny Fat is Morgan, is Morgan Freeman, but, you know, Tony Lung is the young innocent in prison. Okay. He also appeared with Johnny Fat in Troy Hark's Band Tomorrow 3, Love cool. and Death in Saigon. Yes, yes. And, of course, he's great in that. Got a Gambus 2. Yep. As we said, could have been the last emperor. Then he did the lover. Now the interesting thing is he did a movie called Laser Man in New York for Peter Wang that Troy Hart produced, which is kind of like a sci-fi comedy detective movie. He also did a really cool movie for Columbia TriStar called Double Vision. That's like a serial killer movie where he co-stars with David Morse. That's kind of cool. He's done a lot of crossover yeah, stuff yeah. with this guy. I'm always amazed at more. I mean, but I said, I think my favorite films with him are probably Prison on Fire, Gunman, which is kind of like a Kurt Wong does the Untouchables in Shanghai. Okay, that's not me, No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She does a lot of stunts, but not that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, that's my neighbor, Joe Gwok Kung. Better Summer 3, Island of Fire. I know it's it's guys, but I like that movie. He did a cool movie called Alien Wife. Oh, here he goes. Boom! Oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. He did this movie called Alien Wife that, my, that Teddy Chen directed where it's him and Rosamund Kwan. It's kind of like Ghost meets Randall Hopkirk deceased. He also did this very cool movie called Her Fatal Ways where uh, he's like this straight-laced Hong Kong policeman yeah. who has to deal with a 1980s mainland Chinese policewoman coming to Hong Kong for an investigation. It's a very interesting movie because yes. it's, it's very on the, on the nose. But he also did this cool movie called Blue Lightning for Danny Lee Not which is a that. very overlooked movie where it's kind of almost like a Beast Cops precursor where Danny Lee's the messy cop who's got an ex-wife and is trying to deal with a kid now that's a gutsy thing yeah because that... you've got something that's burning and you're kicking it you know, she and, hit that yeah okay it's a cool movie it's a blue lightning then he's also in You Dragon Gate You Dragon In with you know, Donnie and Maggie Jerg and everyone He's in the classic 1992 Legendary Rosewell where he plays Loy K and speaks for the entire movie going, hello, like <laughs> Kenneth Williams. He's in Tom, Dick and Harry, awesome title and awesome movie, which is Tony Lung, to- Tony Lung Chiway and Lawrence Chang. It's just awesome. It's a very cool comedy. And he's like the Terminator when it comes to love. Like with computer graphics turning up every time you see yeah, a yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This cool Spoof. movie called He Ain't Heavy, He's My Father. That, that movie's weird. Which is kind of like Hong Kong take on Back to the Future meets Pleasantville, but like eight yeah. years before Pleasantville was ever made. Very, very weird time. And then, of course, Eagle Shooting Heroes and Ashton Time, which are the comedy and the serious version of the Swordplay world. 
He's into liver diet chips are tried, which is such that, a that cool that that is a movie that should get a Blu-ray. Exactly, release. that okay. is that's. I like Infernal Affairs, but to liver diet chips are tried. It's like it's like a, is it's, the down okay. It's a, pro, it's a proto Choi Infernal Affairs. Is the LA Takedown version? Okay, Michael Mann when he did Heat a few years earlier, he done a TV movie called LA Takedown, which is Heat with no budget, and that's what to liver diet chips are tried yeah. is to to the it's Infernal like a proto version. You also did this really cool movie called Jung uh, Woo: The Triad Zone. That's that's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Then of course, an election for Johnny Toe, where he's in full on bad guy mode. Okay, Bruce Lee, my brother, where he plays Bruce Lee's father. Okay, and then the last time I saw him in person, I think was was it Rise of the Legend, where he plays one of those. No, um, the abandoned Lucky Stars movie. Oh, some home that we were shooting. How much of that was finished? About 40 percent shot. Oh, I wonder if that'll ever get finished. No, that one. because Probably sadly, not. several people have passed away. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he was yeah, also yeah, in the Now You See It, Now You Don't Asura, the mystical Chinese movie that was going to be the Chinese Lord of the Rings meet Game of Thrones, and it came out. And people went, "It's a complete ripoff of Lord of the Rings and Game yeah, of Thrones." And, and it lasted two days as box office. And was pulled from the screens in 2018, never to be seen, seen again, again in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, that's an interesting one. By the way, uh, people, uh, this whole thing with the pig over here—that's yeah. very much a Hong Kong tradition. And yes, they do keep the heads on pigs and on chickens and, and on, on everything fish, else. Everything, yeah. yeah, yeah. And yet, you do have these big banquets with lots of clapping and, and singing and things. Yep, indeed. Yeah. And and they do play maj There was a mahjong area right yeah. there. And during Father's Day here. There was huge banquet halls where you could take your father and everything, and he would also go off yeah. and play mahjong with his friends. No, it's because it would be the equivalent of going to a big dinner in England or yeah. going, oh, I'm just going to go up to the Domino's corner. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a whole bunch of old guys playing Domino's. So, yeah, can you play mahjong? No, I'm, 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 my, my mom played it and stuff, obviously, but I never got into it myself. You? No, no I, I always upset because I just stop making stuff. I keep going, ah, oh, seven swallows, ha ha, 15 dollars. You have to be able to read it and there's <laughs> yeah. math involved and everything else. And like, I just like, uh, can I cheat? Can I use a calculator? But people get into that big time, man. There like, are actually mahjong schools here where it's like, you're not really gambling. You just, oh, here's that money I lent you. Yeah, here's yeah. that money you lent me. It's very, there's very a lot stuff. of gambling around mahjong in Hong yeah. Kong, even so, though gambling here is. It, it's it's very weird. I said, yeah, horse racing and football, horse racing and not football, horse racing and the Mark Six. Mark Six, the only yeah. official gambling in Hong Kong. Yeah, there's a shitload of gambling. Yeah, in yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But so this is interesting because the idea of they've come to the celebration and they can't tell the family what's actually happened. But the mother kind of still feels yeah. it, which is which is which is interesting. Well, I like the fact that I mean, how nihilistic is that? that I mean. You're pricking yourself with a needle so you don't cry yeah. or, or pass out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I said, we, you know, standing to the sorry. is Helen. Yeah, standing there is <laughs> Helen Lunlaw, the amazing Helen Lunlaw, one of my favorite so, actresses. She's a lazy woman. Yeah, yeah. Four and eighty-six movies. What's what? wrong with her? She should work harder. <laughs> she's also in Royal Warriors, where she gets brutally murdered. Machine gunned. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, she was, and she basically is known, as many people know. I am a huge fan of Hong Kong ghost films, and I'm going to have to bring it up. She's in tons of troublesome night films. She's step into dark, into the dark. Uh, she's also in some young and dangerous films. Yep. Uh, she's in Invisible Secret Two, Horoscope One, The Voice from Hell. I've never seen Horoscope Two. I don't okay. know there is one. Nope. Haunted Karaoke, Unstold, Untold Story Two, Bullets Over Summer, which well, is amazing. Summer's awesome. What's a bit movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. And she did. She's done the industry since she was sixteen, yeah. and she's still going. Now the funny thing is, when you mention the young and dangerous movies, I always think. That the young and dangerous movies are also the movies where people began to take Sandra Ung seriously. Yeah, she when was she kind plays of comical, Sister Thirteen because yeah, yeah. 
before How that. to say this? I want to say this nicely. Sandra Ung is not a Sandra Ung is an unconventional beauty. She's not a cover girl. She's a person and that the, looks good as a character. Yeah. And the thing is, for a long time in Hong Kong movies, I was kind of like, you're going to be the loud, chubby girl. Yeah, basically. And a lot of people, I think, didn't see beyond that. And then when she started doing the Young and Dangerous movies, people kind of went, hang a minute. She can act. She yeah. can act. So, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, she went on to do things like a, you know, Golden Chicken, which is the ultimate hooker with a heart of gold story. <laughs> yeah, but that's that tells the comedy. history of Hong yeah, Kong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But she's awesome. Yeah, Sandra is awesome. And I'm amazed she's never done an, an international movie because she speaks perfect English. Does she? Oh, yeah, she's awesome. That's interesting. And everything. And I love Lulzing is supposed to be pretty good as well. Yeah. 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 But I said, yeah, the, the, the lady on the right is Angola. Ellen Lawland, sorry. Yeah. I said, and, you know, you know, the girl in the middle is Sarah Lee, not the cake, cake mix, but Sarah no. Lee, sister <laughs> of Loletta Lee from, you know, the Cat 3 movies like Sex and Zen 2. And the funny thing is, Sarah Lee always is a DJ. And she always says that she feels she didn't take filmmaking seriously. Yeah. And she never took advantage of the opportunities it gave her. And she said, like, one time she was meant to get an award and she went out to smoke a cigarette. And when she came back, she found out they'd handed out the award and given, called everyone to the stage, but not even mentioned her name. Because they're like, oh, she's got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting because Sarah Law, I said, like, in this movie, it's a throwaway role, but she was another one who you wish had been given more because like if you watch her in like say School on Fire yeah she's awesome and she gets the ultimate moment in School on Fire where they talk about heroes and she goes I don't have any heroes all my heroes are dead yeah good line <laughs> it's a good line and everything but yeah she just and the funny this is kind of how she is when you meet her she's got this very spunky kind of tomboyish personality where she's very like you know she's one of the people who will go oh you got fat you got old what's going on like she's very direct very <laughs> very thing but it, it's, it's, as we said, it's an interesting setup. And it's, that's why I really think this kind of was going to be a, originally it, it, an inspector's it, Because there's all these supporting characters who it don't looks really... It like, yeah, it, 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 this film has... It, it's an interesting film, but it looks like at some points... It almost feels like it was going to be two different films yeah. combined. Because it also has the echoes of uh, Police Story 2 with that female cop yeah, squad. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like... like it really... Except that, the thing is, then, it's that same thing. They keep bringing. Oh, well, <laughs> hey, there he is. Yip Wing Cho, Teddy yeah, Yip. Yeah, Teddy Yip, yeah. Samo's yeah. longtime you know, friend, mentor, you know. Yeah, yeah. Lovely guy. But as we said, but yeah, it's just. You kind of feel like, hang on, the team is like given certain development that's never really explored. Yeah, like, there seems to be. You know what? You know what? This this movie would have worked better on as if they had Netflix back then as a six part Netflix TV show. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that, exactly. It would have worked better like that because it seems like there's so many characters I would like to explore. Yeah. Especially of this like matriarchal like um, of the family family situation, yeah. situation. Because there's there's and how they deal with the world and being female police officers and you know and what happens when when people die and everything else. There is that element too there. So this would work maybe better as like a as a miniseries yeah. almost. Because it, it's weird because like same with Karina Leo. Like Karina Leo. Is, is someone who's something I think she had a, a hard time originally finding her way because they tried to market her originally as super sexy girl. Like, if you watch Naughty Boys, yeah, 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 half of the movie is talking about her chest size, yeah, 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 style. yeah, yeah, like, and you're going, wait a minute. So, I said, so Karina Lau, Lau Galing, you're born in Suzhou in Guangxi, and then she and her family moved to Hong Kong in 1978 when she was like 13, and then she joined TVB. 
with the acting class in 1983 alongside these young unknown people like Andy Lau and Tony Lo Chiwe, etc. So, <laughs> oh yeah, those know, guys. Screen debut in a show called The Clones, you know, and then she did shows like Police Cadet, Duke of Mount Deer, and then like this series called Looking Back at Anger. But I said her early films like include Naughty Boys and produced by Jack Chan. Jack Chan does the best career ever. He's getting served food in the prison, and he goes, "Can I have some more?" They go, "Who are you, the big brother?" And his credit comes up, producer Jackie Chan. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's that's also that's a clever editing yeah. joke there. And then she's also in the "Is it or isn't it an official Lucky Stars movie, Return of the Lucky Stars," which features I, all of the Lucky Stars team apart from Jackie and Sebo. That's a Lucky Stars yeah. movie, though, isn't it? I but mean, then she really got her first cinematic acclaim for her role in Days of Being Wild, where she's like, "Yeah, the girl who is sexy." But she realizes that Leslie Jones' character is just fucking with her, basically. Yep. And Leslie Jones having fun with he's he's not going to marry her. Days being wild, by the way, directed by the yeah. one and only one guy. Wait. Then you see her in movies like Savor of the Soul, Center Stage with Maggie Jung. He's a woman, she's a man, and its sequel. Who's the woman? She's the man. She did the Hong Kong Gigolo sequel, uh, Gigolo and Whore. Um, which is a pretty hardcore movie, you know, like yeah, in terms of the way it has things. That's pretty brutal. She's in Ashes of Time for, for One Guy Away, Forbidden City Cop with CTR. Then she and Maggie Jern make singing cameos in The Banquet, which was a charity movie done for China. Okay. And then the interesting thing is, she's, of course, in Salavi Moncherie, Derek Yee's movie, where she's basically playing Maggie Jern. <laughs> because. In Salavi Munchery, Lao Wan's character, who is based on Derek Yee's experiences, is a man who was jotted by a famous actress. I wonder who that actress could be. Who was... Yeah. And Derek Yee had a very public breakup with Maggie Jung. So he hired Karina Lau, who was Maggie Jung's friend, to basically play... It's... As we said, it's a weird... That's a weird... uh, (laughs) That's a weird... That's a weird way to get back at your But I also have to give so much respect to Karina Lau, because... Okay, she had a very nasty experience in... The late eighties, early nineties, where she was basically abducted by some yeah. People. This is this. This and was it a was big very thing. public knowledge that she yeah. kind of public knowledge she was abducted, and then in two thousand and two, I'm going to be rude here. Say a fucking gossip magazine in Hong Kong. Yeah, in Cantonese they were called Bat Poor Japji, bitchy magazines, published photographs of an actress in distress. Yeah. And no, that, the that whole industry horrendous story, turned that. on it, and the government stepped in and said, "Okay, this is just wrong. You yeah. can't no, you, do that." It was, but like, you have to give respect because it's one of these where a lot of people would have just gone, "I can't, okay, I'm out. I'm out of the industry." Yeah, no, she, no, no, no. Yeah, so I said she she gets what because she's she is a strong woman. Yeah, like the funny thing is, like she basically like she manages Tony Lung. Like one guy I used to manage Tony Lung, now she manages Tony Lung. Wow. So you know, so definitely tough. She knows what she's doing. Said and said long term relationship with Tony Lung. They finally got married in two thousand eight in Bhutan in the Himalayas. Yeah, a nice little cheap wedding. They only spent thirty million Hong Kong dollars on the wedding. Only, you know, you know. <laughs> But as we said, it's an interesting. But Karina said another one who it took her a while to find a place. Like she's done all kinds of crazy. Movies. There's a, a movie she did, a police movie, which is just utterly insane. You know, so it's like. You go, there's, you know, she's one of those actors that I think the problem is, so like now she's still going, she does like the Judge D movies. Um, she's in a really cool movie called The the Great Detective. Not the animated movie, but The no, Great no, Detective no. shot in, which is bizarrely, shot in Hungary, although set in Shanghai in the what? 1930s. What? what? 
Because I kid not, all the locations in Shanghai were booked, so they went to Shanghai, to Hungary with a full Chinese casting crew and shot the movie there. Oh, it's called the Great Detective. Stuff. They really want to make that movie really quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have ten days to make this movie. Or Thirty days. So as we said, it's, it's a very weird situation. That's bizarre. But like I said, I think she's someone who just it took her a while to find her place, and now she's kind of in that position where she does the movies she wants to do, the projects yeah. she wants to do. Yeah, she yeah, has yeah. like her own show, the Karina, the Karina, the Karina Chat Show. She's actually really busy. Yeah. Okay, so here is definitely like the Royal Hong Kong Police Force reference here with the flags yeah. and stuff. Cool angle too, by the way. Yeah. And they're at the... Okay, this is where I said it bad because I'm a big fan of graveyards. This is the same graveyard at Stanley from Hard Boiled. Yeah. From Tiger Cage. Yeah. Because it's a... I hate to say it's a cool location. Well, it's it basically getting to this graveyard is a little easier than some yeah. of the other graveyards in Hong Kong because you have to go... Because there's so little space here. You have to go out pretty far yeah. to get to certain graveyards. And also, a lot of graveyards in Hong Kong are built on hillsides. Yes. So they're really... Okay, now here comes the the part where, obviously, spoilers, this thing, like, detonates. (laughs) And that is a very Royal Warriors moment. And that's when the film flips a switch. Yeah, exactly. And becomes Royal Warriors Part 2. Yeah, yeah, it becomes Royal Warriors Part 2. Because... These two actresses here putting on that performance. Because after this sequence, all bets are off. Yeah, all bets are off, yes. All all thing of being a a realistic action drama kind of disappears. It's kind of nuts after that. But yeah, I mean, you you can't go... You'd want to go a hardcore villains. You know, you know your. And the uh, Hong Kong police are pretty lack. Yeah. If they didn't realize someone is sneaking a bomb into the, into the. <laughs> literally, how hardcore are you if you literally blow up, put a bomb in someone's casket? I mean, what is that? <laughs> exactly. And you blow them up at the funeral. It's just in mean. In front of their entire family. It's just mean. Like, not only are you heartbroken, your son's died. Now you see bits of him flying past you. <laughs> Get him out of You're, your hair and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just. Ah, yeah. No, it's interesting because everyone... well, I love the fact how the tone, like we talked before, yeah. the tone in Hong Kong films can just switch so rapidly. Because up until now, it's kind of been an action comedy, shall yeah, we but, say? And, uh, and, yeah. and, and well, yeah, but it's, it's more. And this is such a but, yeah, sentimental s- scene. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and he's wearing camo gear. He's like, how long was he standing there exactly. waiting for her to see him? Yeah, look at him like oh. What the basic implication is. He walked up and fl- threw the last thing of flowers. He's that ballsy as well. And the thing, of course, is as well, she's pregnant. Yeah. So it's like... That's what? a bit undercranked. Yeah, that. That's a bit undercranked for no reason. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I thought that was the most casual driver. He was like really slow. It's really weird that, that shot. Yeah. That, look, I think they accidentally did that because surely could have cut that earlier. Yeah. You have to see that <laughs> shot as yeah. well. Yeah. I, mean, I know Ariel's about to establish up the no, hospital. It, it was how the movie was structured. We need this one shot yeah, of a guy yeah, driving. I know we have to establish where we're going, but yeah, still, yeah, yeah. Like, do we have to undercut? Because, yeah, you could have just cut to them to the hospital. Yeah. Oh, no, you could have cut to them to the outside because they must have under. Wow, this is yeah. super weird. It's a very man. weird. I think it's like somebody in the editing room went. Really? Really? Yeah, we yeah, shot like, this. I think that's a yeah, mistake, yeah. that shot. They shouldn't have undercranked it. But it's interesting because this is something you don't normally address in a whole movie. Like, miscarriages and people losing babies and stuff it's like a lot of babies are born in Queen Elizabeth Hospital I know quite a few people that are born there <laughs> so, okay see that much bring back to the lighter side of things yeah, yeah, yeah. which is he's <laughs> a good go. lad there we go now surely this is when she should be praying with her handgun like now you would understand if she had the handgun out I think it's supposed to establish the fact that she was she's like, now, yeah, she's now tough and she's and, now worried about her daughter-in-law yeah yeah you know. yeah exactly and now and now her daughter is replacing her son yeah because now she's kind of like okay meaning you're part of the family you're and you're gonna and and what's left of my son is you know you're gonna give birth even though i don't think being pregnant going on a rapid revenge (laughs) (laughs) like is a 
Why don't I mean some of those hormones just yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it gives you strength that you don't Yeah, but it's a, it's a, <laughs> I, I hate that one guy's reaction. He's it's, like, oh, he's like yeah. the monster from you know Yeah, yeah. It lives is gonna come here, you know. I did the same thing. Agnes is trying to show something like, uh, nice maybe shot. we should leave. The shots of Yunwa in this film are really cool. There's some exactly. really great but scenes. See, that's the thing. Agnes got that terrible studio backlight. Yunwa gets the on-location call yeah. backlight. So why did Agnes not... Because she had like four films. Why okay. only it's four? What she, happened? She did a gambling movie. Then she turned up alongside our friend Mike Abbott yeah. in uh, this very bizarre movie called The Big Score. Yes. Where she's just a muscle-man girl who beats up one Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is good for her. Then said Samo decided to kind of take her under his wing, and he did. She shoots straight and licensed to steal with her. Yeah. But then, this is where it gets weird. Just she disappeared, disappeared, only to reappear in Heaven and Earth for Oliver Stone. But, okay, so I saw that on, online. That she's in it as she, is Michiko Nichiwaki, yeah. But, and then after that, she disappears. Yeah. What happened? Do you know what happened? After I don't that? know. I was hoping you knew. Because I even asked like, our friend Pedro Lopez, Filipino director, and he's yeah. like, don't even know who she is. <laughs> you know, it's like, a super weird one. It's, it's her very trail literally. People, it's like the trail goes in Hong Kong. The trail goes gone like completely. Out of the Kaiser social cell suddenly, and just like that, they're gone. But who appears in an Oliver Stone film after just disappearing here? How'd she get involved then? How'd because she Oliver in Stone that? came to Hong Kong and did huge casting for like a couple of years, prepping for uh, Heaven and Earth. Like he kept, so you know, he must have met her there. Yeah, but like okay. her and Michiko Nichiwaki play Vietnamese. Uh, Commandos. Yeah. It, yeah. And then she just appears in that and then never again. Yeah. Super strange. It'd be funny she'd turn up in JFK and suddenly Kevin <laughs> yeah. Custer's going, We are through the looking glass people. She just turned and she's flexing in the, the courtroom. They're like, What are you doing? She's like, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No. You know, but no, and I, I like the fact that our friend here, you're know, best known as playing you know, the sleazy lawyer in Play Story, yeah. you know, is just being. Like, he has a license for this character. Yeah, like, he's I'm good. Just gonna he's be... good. He's a, he's a character. <laughs> yeah. He's a I'm character just, actor. I'm not a human being. I'm just a complete wing. Yeah. So David Lauchi wing. I mean, known for playing like uh, sleazy lawyers or police Corrupt captains. Cops, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please. Story one. Please. please story, story two. Like burning ambition. He's in all yeah. those kind of movies. Like, but he often plays. I mean, he's the. Even if he's unlike, even if he's on the side of good, he's, he's the still, unlikable. He's, he's unlikable. Yeah. You kind of want to punch yeah. him or slap him. As he gets punched and slapped in this a few times, he's also a producer. He's produced yeah. four films, uh, three yeah. films, three yeah. films. One of which was Pretty Woman, but not not, not, the not that Robert Pretty Woman. No, no. It was the book. Veronica Yip Yip York King Category Three Classic. Yeah. Okay. Which, are, in, which is good made fun. in 1991. That was the is... height of Category Three goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, he was the production manager on Magic Mod. Which was a strange police movie with Maria Buck. Oh, okay. Well, well there you way, go. Who I love from Return of Life. From <laughs> right. uh, Lucky Stars Go Places, yeah. There we go. But he's about to learn a lesson from from Miss Tan. She's yeah, like, he, she's had enough of him. He's he, You just love Look at that smirk. <laughs> you know he's going to get it now. Uh, it's like, yeah. You know, he, he's the kind of guy yeah, you love to hate. And those exactly. actors are, are fun actors, especially if they know what they're doing. Oh, no, and that's like, and he does it so well. Oh, he like, does it he, really well. You can tell us what he enjoys. And it's something like Sam. I like the fact that Sam Witter's movie is kind of impotent. Oh, so like he's just yeah, yeah. He's kind of like he's kind of like a dull pencil. A witness to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he maybe put himself in the film yeah. after the. You know what I'm saying? After, yeah. He's like, I'll just come along. But see, now he's finally like, okay, I want to do something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't you hit a police officer or senior police officer? But it's as we said, it's just cool because look at her. But, oh, <laughs> hey. That ring on would have broken some <laughs> oh, teeth. Exactly. 
I just say the thing is Willet. But this is where the film really switched. Yeah. Like, that would have happened, yeah. like, you know, 20 years Even ago. in Royal Warriors, they weren't like, they were like, okay, Michael Wong's dead. He's, his, his body's been kidnapped. They don't have a 20 minute scene slapping people around in the hospital. In the hotel Helen Lollon, man, if you yelled at you, it'd be like your mother yelling at you. I mean, oh, she's, no, exactly. she's, she's got authority about her. Well, that's kind of like my friend Vera, costumes I said about working with Michelle Yeoh now. She goes, it's really weird because Michelle Yeoh is like my mother. Michelle yeah. was like, have you eaten? Have you done this? Why are you talking to that guy? <laughs> yeah. And it oh, is, yeah. The, this location, that is the old police station, is it not? Yeah, in Chimsar Choi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you know from Bloodsport, yeah. from The Protector. And in some very dodgy business dealings, we're going to renovate it and at the same time build a huge shopping centre and carve the hillside down and change its look totally. It that was yeah, that was Sometimes Hong Kong okay, if you look at the Peninsula Hotel in Hong Kong, Peninsula <laughs> Hotel is a, <laughs> I never thought that would happen. That would be like Judy Dench doing that. That'd be a couple of Judy Dench giving she's something like, Yeah, because she's yeah. so like elegant yeah. and like considered like you but know. Yeah, in Hong Kong sometimes Straight up, like I said, the Peninsula Hotel is beautiful colonial construction. And in the early 90s, they built a 30 to 40 street bit on top of it. And it's noticeable. Yeah. You can, it's definitely, it's not like, oh, that, it wasn't that was built in a similar style. No, it's not seamless at all. It's, it's like just somebody like, just Lego'd a building on top of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And just make it the same like, color. Take the diehard building and put it on top of Buckingham Palace. Nobody will see the drawing. Yeah. <laughs> Paint the same color. I'll be fine. See, that's pretty much how Samuel and Yip Wing Cho's relationship was. Like, okay, you go and deal with that. I'll go back to the office and do the paperwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know. And now, I like someone's kind of slim there for someone. Is yeah. he slim? I, he seems. Or he's got face, a very good fitted suit. He, he, I was gonna say his if face. If so, I need to find his tailor because that's a good fit for his a suit. His face looks kind of slimmer, but maybe that's because the hair. But is but he looks kind of rounder at the I same time. I used to have hair like that. <laughs> oh really? That's why I cut it all off. This yeah. is psycho, yeah. like, cool, right? That yeah. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, man. We have the snakes and the booby traps. But we've got some space. <laughs> we got a little bit of space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, you I get used to, to your house. I used days. to have the summer hook style. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> it didn't look as cool for me. So, you know. But as we said, now, this is kind of cool. Because, like, this is... Imagine if there was a backstory with Linda Hamilton in turn to... Would you have her in the hospital and her family going, you're not going to go off and chase some killer robot, are you? Oh, in that case, we'll come with you. And you got Linda... Imagine Sarah Connor's mother slapping the policeman and going... You didn't take care of my my daughter while she's been attacked by a uh, killer robot. Yeah, this is also very changed. Lighting some incense and then. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, very very. One, it looks too. And also, you gotta get out the giant forty-four magnum extension. That gun would probably break her arm <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. and if she shot it though. If that's, you shot it one-handed, you break your yeah, head. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like, and the same thing. I just always love in these movies where people go, "Hey, what are you doing? I'm going off on the death path of vengeance." Well, oh, guess I'll come, come with, with you. you. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Like. I, I, I hate to say, but if you went, Mike, I'm going to go on the path of vengeance, take on the Vietnamese mafia, I'd be like, you sure? Yeah, he, I don't think it's a good idea. Call, let's have uh, a coffee. Let's yeah, have a chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can we move to the police? Exactly. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be like, let me get my machine gun too. Yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> I'd be worried that you'd be like, wait, why do you have a machine gun? <laughs> exactly. And the same, see, this is Royal Warriors, exactly. It's it's always the two, two it's totally the two opposite ends kind of hey our brother up. got killed let's smile and yeah, go yeah. kill the bad guy we, we have something in common and then we'll bond over blood yeah yeah because <laughs> <laughs> you place the two male actors yeah it's a brotherhood yeah like, go it's lethal guys. weapon too it's that moment it's, it's that, that whole thing of like yeah. you just need Joe Pesci in the background I brought my machetes I brought my gun <laughs> stuffed down with pants okay for anyone listening do not stuff loaded machetes Loaded machetes loaded or machetes. loaded guns. Oh my god, man, shoot someone with a machete. That exactly. Is, now, that this, is this is the pier at Kennedy's here. You know, you can actually go there and get on a walla walla like this. 
to this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I also like the fact that now, you know, I'm going to escape from the police, so I'm going to wear a long, flowing white cloak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Where is this? Do you this know? Is Kennedy's it, here. Is that, is that Kennedy's this, house? That's the old pier at Kennedy's here. Oh, that pier's not there anymore, is it? It is. Is it still the there, same yeah, way? But just the boats, a lot of the boats have gone down. Oh, this right, from when okay, it was. Yeah. Remember, this is when Hong Kong was a thriving port, not at Ching Yi, but in the main part of Central. It's a little dirtier, yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> than Hong Kong. Hong Kong's cleaned up a lot nowadays, and yeah. this is quite different. But see, this is what I love, because I miss these, see Corian making there his cameo. The, we should talk about Corian. I mean, he did direct the fucking film. <laughs> that, then there's Chung Fat making a cameo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, This is why, like, when, because Corian often gives himself the most strange cameos, like, yeah. where he'll be like, say, I'll be the guy waiting for a bus. I'll be the, yeah. he doesn't go, I need to give myself a cool heroic moment. Nah. Like, if you watch Fox Lake 2, which he directed, he gives himself a cool supporting role. But like, in this movie, he's just like, smoking a cigarette, yeah, I'll put you on the boat. Yeah. yeah. You know, I always like when they show captains on commercial boats dressed in full gear. I, I always think, I don't think they really do. I don't think they really <laughs> yeah. do that. Don't I think they? most people go, we'll never do that. Well, the guy yeah. playing the captain's interesting because he's only been in five films, but his career lasts from 1972 to 2002. So this guy kind of is like, eh, he'll be in a movie every now See, and again. I think he got paid very well. Like, because. <laughs> Five films yeah. in thirty years. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe okay, so. Huge okay, brothers. Huge brother. Don't know that movie. No more love. No, no more. Death. Okay, no with Herman Yao. Yeah, me and Mike Miller are as extras. Sun Valley and we okay. was in and Princess D. Oh, Princess D with Anthony Wong and Daniel Wu and Edson Chin. Yeah, there you go. I'm sorry, but I have to say, Agnes looks awesome in that outfit. Yeah, she looks cool. But the thing is, same thing is, Agnes. I think the problem was people couldn't see beyond her physique. Which yeah. is kind of similar to like like Armand Wong from Her Name Is Cat was kind of considered as sexy muscular, whereas Agnes, I think what she found frustrating was everyone was just like you had a big muscle girl. I think maybe it also is the way they looked at like beauty in the eighties was yeah. different than now. Nowadays, I think she'd be considered a bit more attractive. Yeah, because the funny thing is like like in the early nineties, there's a movie with Andy Lau and Tony Leung. Yeah, and the the poster for it was a very skinny Andy Lau and Tony Leung on the poster. Yeah. And I remember there was an interview where somebody said something, and Andy Lau said, well, of course we're not going to have big physiques like Sylvester Stallone and Van Damme and Schwarzenegger, because how would our audience identify with us? Yeah. And I was like, whoa, hang on a minute. That's it's a good way to get true, out of it. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, if I was the audience, I'd go, you said we're all skinny little lizards. That's yeah, why Bolo like, Young never really made it in Hong Kong. Yeah. yeah According I mean, to that yeah, logic, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, because people went, my, my boobs aren't that big. I can't, I can't make them move. <laughs> and bricks don't hit back. I don't know what he's talking about. Like, yeah. But come on, you can never go. On. It's kind yeah, of that's funny a great thing. Same thing, nineteen ninety. Stephen Chow and Jackie Jung are fighting on a similar boat in Curry and Pepper. Yeah, yeah, yeah very, very. Because when true. we were shooting the medallion, when we were doing the reshoots, the opening is on the boat. I remember we we're on the set, and Mina made a joke. She was like, "Be mate, be mate." She shoots straight. And I was like, "What?" And she was like, "She shoots straight." And I was like, "Oh my god, yes!" Yeah, basically, it's hard you to expect that. And me and Ruben got all fanboyish. Me and oh, right. Ruben laid them. I was like, "Why are we going?" She shoots straight. Meters on a boat with guns and stuntmen. And everyone was like, and? And we were like, history. Yeah, yeah. History, you clowns. And now, years later, exactly. on an audio commentary, so you can make light of that. Agnes could escape, but she just hides from Samo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hangs out. Well, the best thing you can do around Samo is hide, because there's no escaping No, I'd be like, Samo, let's go get some food. And see, Corey's back again. Corey's yeah, like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. okay, I'm going to be the only boat captain. Back in the day, we used to have to take the Walla Wallas like that if we missed the last ferry. Oh, that's a pretty cool way to go. Not really if you're going from like Central to Lantau Island or something like that. Yeah. 
it's a good 30 to 40 minute journey in a little boat like that it's not good <laughs> well i want to give a shout out to the guy who made the music for this film you can hear it in the background here kind of got like the, he's got a cool synth score going yeah, it's kind of like video game music yeah yeah like. with like weird john carpenter kind of stuff not quite john carpenter not that good but it's kind of Nothing there. Nothing could be as good as John Carpenter. John Carpenter. Because John Carpenter would have had a song. He'd be going, she shoots straight. <laughs> well, he would have had yeah. something like that. But anyway, music is by Lowell Low, Low Kunting. Um, some of you guys might recognize him from Magnificent Warriors. He Rosa was, uh, with Yud Mew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he basically did films like, um, a, music for films like A Better Tomorrow 3, Hong Kong Gigolo, Slickers vs. Killers, which we talked yep. about earlier on. Remains of a Woman. Oh, which is an awesome movie directed by Dennis Chan and Clarence Ford you know, from Dragon from Russia. But imagine Clarence Ford from Dragon from Russia making a John Cassavetes-style drama. Yeah. And it's an awesome movie because it's, it's a, a dark movie. Boy meets girl, they fall in love, they kiss under the stars above, they then, boy meets another girl, they boy decide the to, kill girl, girl. to kill the first yeah. girl, get arrested, and then while he's in prison, boy meets yet another girl and blames the first girl, the second girl. He also did a movie, uh, music for a movie that I would love to do a commentary for called Encounter of the Spooky Kind 2. Oh, awesome which, movie. Of course, yeah. has a has connection to Mr. Samo here. Yeah. Um, and basically, uh, he also did movie uh, music for a movie called Mortuary Blues, in which he also acted. Uh, exactly, which is an awesome so, movie. So, good now, actor, there musician. There you go, double machete takedown. Yeah. Now, machetes are a lot more common in Hong Kong than you think because and guns are bad. And scarily, in the past week in Hong Kong, as we record this, past been a week, couple, past yeah. month. That should be nice, man. Yeah. There's been some machete attacks. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, every now and again, there's this, Hong Kong goes through weird jumps of violence. Because yeah. you told me before, like, there's one week where it was going mental. Yeah, yeah, in like, the, in, like, in 1992, yeah, there was yeah. a, basically a 15-day period where, imagine the week before... The Flash comes out. Someone steals the ending of The Flash. Yeah. You know, two days before Mission Impossible comes out, somebody threatens to kill Tom Cruise unless he dedicates the movie to someone's side. It's And they're just... And Hong Kong is these weird... It's a generally yeah. safe city. Quite a safe city. Despite what the movies may tell you, yeah. Hong Kong is not filled with guys running around in trench coats with machine guns because it's too hot. I mean... And two... It's very, very safe. A girl yeah. can walk, walk alone, home at night, no problem. But, it, but every yeah, now and every, again... Every couple of years, yeah. there'll be... A wave of violence. A wave of nasty violence like yesterday I kid you not a Wing Chun teacher and a Trailer Fat teacher were fighting in the streets of Hong Kong as if it was a 1960s Kung Fu movie well we also had we also had some had a guy uh, attack his manager in a McDonald's yeah he went down the street he got one of those machetes and, and came back to McDonald's to attack his manager and hit him in the head with yeah, it it's, it's scary and there's mass stabbings happening yeah. and everything else but every now and again Hong Kong goes through these very weird which is why you have to violence. do that's why everyone in Hong Kong knows Kung Fu yeah. <laughs> By the way, she's fantastic because that's definitely her doing these. Oh things. no! And what I like is because she's so tall, and she's a bit stiff, so she's got very beautiful, like Keanu Reeves style kicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she doesn't bend her back, and like that's a really nice use of wires. And yeah. doing those wires for anybody who's ever tried it before, I tried it once. Yeah. It's not as easy okay, as you think. It's not easy on a Western wiring. No, no. On a Hong Kong wire, wire, no. Hong Kong wire, wire rigging. Yeah, yeah, rigging. Is not planned for your comfort. No, <laughs> it's planned for efficiency, efficiency, and getting it done. So you you are in pain when you do wire in Hong Kong. Yeah, especially if now, you want to have kids in the future. <laughs> exactly. 
But as I said, now it's just cool because running about, it's double impact. It's curry and pepper. You can run around and make lots of mischief because you've got all those doors. You can slam yeah, doors so on people. You can hide in cabins. So it's yeah. Samo doing the um, action choreography, but surely... There's a total action choreography. There's Dion Lamb from yep. the original Matrix, long-time Samo Young Quain team member. But I think that um, Corey definitely would have had some input into this. I this mean, is, he knows... There's Cho Wing. Sorry. This is Corey Munhoi, bit of Samo, bit of Dion. Yeah. This is a hardcore team. You know, and this, I mean, that, considering that, you know, Karina wasn't known as a martial artist. No. Mina was kind of being groomed a little trained, but she wasn't going. They really put it in edgy. And they, I like they the fact go. that they make Karina look rough and ready. Yeah. Whether they give me, they give Mina the more martial artsy stuff. Yeah, you know, Karina's just like mad dog. She just had to kill you and fight the way through. I, I would argue that I think Royal Warriors still would have had more blood when people get slashed and stuff, though. I think Royal Warriors is still the most violent girl. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, there's a movie called Lady Supercop with Karina Lau, which is ridiculous. At one point, they take down half the people in Lang Kwai Fong. It's just... It's, <laughs> with blood and gore and Yeah, everything? with machine guns. It's like... Holy... Basically, imagine a Saturday night in Lang Kwai Fong, which is like a party area in Hong Kong. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. And a mad, oh, yeah, mad Taiwanese yeah. terrorist turns up and starts machine gunning people in the streets with the white guys. It's cool. Yeah, and wow. of course she's got a forty-four mega. Said this has such a cool lethal weapon. If too, you if you if you were to shoot a forty-four magnum in there, you'd be deaf. Exactly, your ear eardrums would blow. A lot of actors have bad eardrums. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, Linda Hamilton on Tony Two, she took her eardrums off to have much. I forgot to put her earplugs back in, and then he finds shotgun, and she's still got. Yeah, deafish. Yeah. Tinnitus probably. Tinnitus right? from it. How about Hong Kong stars? Do we know if like Chow Yun Fat or anything has any issues? No. No. Because he's just too cool. He's too cool, yeah. Even, even noise waves is like, I'm not going to hurt him. Then even cool. sound is like, I'm going to leave this guy alone. Yeah, but he, it's just like, and it's, it's nice and brutal because you basically get two finales. You've got yeah, the finale yeah. in the boat, and I like it because you kind of forget that Agnes is there. You think, oh, Agnes yeah, has yeah, escaped. Because yeah. some movies would have gone, oh, well, that's brutal, that. Some movies would have gone, we'll just have the end fight. Now, I think part of the appeal is She's got such an expressive face. She's got yeah. a kind of manga face, a cartoon uh, well, face. She's got gorgeous eyes. Yeah. And so she really sells when she's fighting. Yeah. You know? And the trick, if you want to be a, for any actors out there, if you want to make an impression, don't blink too much. And she's really good. Da, da, not blinking. Look Superman, at him it's Samo coming. Oh, yeah, Samo. On the slowest boat known to man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he does a super jump into the tide. I don't think that was Samo. No. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it was, you'd have seen him do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Be yeah. A big Colson. I was expecting more of the Samo fight. No, because... But I guess he doesn't want to steal the show. Exactly. Right? That's the thing. I mean... Okay, in License to Steal, his, he does three cameos, two of which are just completely... Not, and you're like, wait a minute, that was Samo. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know. But see, he's, he's got a bit of Yenoir taken down. Samo, Samo takes a couple of guys. It's always amazing how much Samo can move regardless of well, his body shape and size. It is, because then you spend time with him and you realise like, that man is powered by food. <laughs> like, it's know, just old nourishment power. I, I mean, the funny thing is, when we did Ip Man 2, it was just after he'd had his heart attack. Yeah. So he would take me and Darren Shalabi out. Watch you guys eat. And as I said, he would order food for yeah. us because at the time he was having to eat healthy. So he would order food, like for us, and then really plain food for himself. And he would sniff our food and eat his plain food and tell us to describe what we were eating. <laughs> He likes, yeah. he, he, he likes no, food. You spend time with him and you know why. I mean, yeah. he has normally a personal chef on set. I said, that's why I always. Say, so if you go to his tent on set, there's like video playback, there's a chef, you get clothing given to you. It's awesome. Everyone wants to spend time in Samo's tent. <laughs> yeah, I remember going to the set of Tai Chi Part 2. Yeah. 
and Stephen Fung was directing and Stephen Fung was in a tent on his own I look over and on the right there's another tent with Samuel and about 30 guys and they were waved at me like, like hey Stephen Fung and Samuel yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well he's called the big brother for exactly he's the, the biggest he's the big brother he is die gone die for real yeah, in yeah. real life and in the movies so that's a, he gets to have now, that see, the funny thing is this is how the Hong Kong police used to be like the SWAT used to wear like berets all the time and everything and then they evolved it to like the PTU. That's a young cop there. That cop. I, I was literally about to say that yeah. cop looks pretty lost. <laughs> exactly. But as we said, you know, it's so. And also, this is such a cool thing because they set it up. I mean, that you know, she's still not going to forgive Yunwar for what's happened to her daughter. No, no, no. <laughs> and for her son and everything. You know, she's still ready to take well, it there. My my favorite part of the movie is about to come up. Yeah. I think you know what it is. Yeah. I think the audience at home can guess what it is. I when I when I saw this the first time like years ago, I couldn't believe they did this, and <laughs> I still laugh when I see it. Yunwa's a lunatic in this movie. Oh, exactly. Also, those cops are useless. I know. I mean, they look you right behind. Just shoot him in the back. Shoot him or smack him on the head. Do look something. at this. You're there's, standing there's right there. Twenty-five. You're look, right there. Exactly. Do something. Hit him with the butt of your rifle. Anything. Yeah. He's not, and also he's only got a chain. She punched him twice yeah, in this movie. But Give him a wedgie. That's what they like, <laughs> give him an atomic yeah. wedgie. But the fact that like I said, you <laughs> never mess with a Hong Kong mother. Okay, those, those Hong Kong like uh, moms are. Uh, you know what? You know. Can you imagine an American version of Betty White at the end? Betty White oh, pulling out so gun. And she's going. You want to mess with my kids? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'd be awesome. I believe it from Betty White. <laughs> there you go. Someone finally uses their Sarah head. Sarah Lee and then said, oh, you know what I just realized? What? Okay. You know who Agnes Arello reminds me of? No. Pauline Wong. What do you want? Remember the devil girl oh, from yeah, Mr. Vampire, Vampire 3? 3. 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the funny thing is, and I think people get them confused because they've got a similar look. It's just, it's like... Agnes is the muscle version, whereas Pauline was more. Pauline's more like the, ba- the, the, the bad girl, yeah. like the kind of sexy, dark, man. dark, yeah. dangerous, like sexy yeah. look. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Agnes is like muscular, sexy, and I'll kill you. Yeah, yeah. As in, she'll like fold you yeah. in two and put her in the trunk she, of her car. You know who Agnes is? Agnes, you can imagine her as the Famke Jensen character in Goldeneye. Yes. It's like yes, she's, uh, yes, she's, yes. she's screwing you, going, "I want more." And you're like, "There isn't any more." She's like, "I want more." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I love this. This is so hilarious. This, oh, is, this is amazing. It's the fact that... Who knew that would ever show up? It's movie. the fact that he drags him... Okay, they've now gone from Kennedy Town to Fan Ling, which is a distance of about 40 miles. Okay, and now they're in a place that is now Lohas Park. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, this is Lois Park. Yeah. Oh man, Lois Park. Yeah, they build a bunch of apartments. So down is that, there. this is when they were excavating it. Well, it's like so. I went to an apartment near Lois Park, and it smelled really, really bad. Yeah. There's like a because lot there's of a lot of reclaimed sewage, land and sewage areas. Yeah, yeah. sewage areas down there. Then I would like, yeah. not want to live. Okay, in and there. this is about to fall down the mountain. Is I think Chingala. It's a weird way to, to yeah, yeah, wrap yeah. up your bag. There's no close to his face at the end while he's lying there dead. Yeah. Usually you and have like... He it, gets hit by the motorcycle! Oh! <laughs> Yo, that was not planned. No, but again, you, you get kind of a shot of him, but you don't... Yeah. Usually in the in Hong Kong cinema, they'd show They'll a show, close-up. Because it's close close why it helps for something like Lazy. We go, look, the villain is dead. Yeah, but here we get this shot. Yeah, yeah but that's not... It should be a better, yeah. like, you know, a better yeah. close-up of his But face. now, I said, I, I hate to say this and say like Shane, it's time for the girl on girl action. Oh, this is uh, yeah. this is a good fight. And come on, she's the fact. What I like is one, she's using a motorcycle helmet as well, and two, she's swearing in Vietnamese. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's and, good movie. You know, it's good fun. Good and fun. just look at that physique. 
that woman could pick you up and do some damage. And cheers to them because shooting out there in that environment, you're going to get sunburned, sunburned and, and it hurts. Yeah, it's going to go and they're not right going to give you any aloe vera. No. Yeah. <laughs> in some scenes, if you look very carefully, she's already darker, yeah. and then some scenes she's lighter. Okay. That was and not her. No, she's artfully doubled by garlic. I think a lot. Yeah, yeah, and then wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, I love these HD transfers. It's great. But if you want a little bit yeah. more about film history, <coughs> take a little closer. Well, also look. it's because they they give her some seriously acrobatic reactions. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. If she did those in real life, she'd be really. She, no, you'd have to train your ass off for it. Like when spoiler, Mina does the flip over kick. You can actually train to do it, but to do the reaction to it, it's yeah. a lot more to training look, to look good in a because you've got to get hit by it. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it is just nice and brutal. It's real fist-to-fingernail action. I always hate it when people go, oh, the first female action film. Look at this right no, here. No, no, no. You have to remember, every time Hollywood does a female action movie, it doesn't matter if it's Tomb Raider or Atomic Blonde or a new Terminator movie or anything, this is the first female action movie ever. Look at these two. Mad putting... Max Fury Road was the first female action movie ever. Look at these guys putting yeah. in some hard work. Oh, no, exactly. And yes, there's some artful doubling by men. But there you go. That was, that's me to doing it. That is insane. Yeah. You, know, you can see the, the um, little, power powder. Yeah. No, but also like there's like a little bit of a, a dug a hole and put that a hole in, put it. A yeah. in there. Yeah. But that's okay, man. Cause that's still going to hurt. I don't care. I guarantee you she went home with cuts. Both of them went home exactly. with cuts and bruises. Yeah. You know, and, oh, there you go. And they sell it too. You know, well, they, that's the thing. But exactly. When people complain, oh, there's a bat. Please. Go out there, dig a hole in the ground, put a mat in it, and throw yourself on it and for co- 20 cover, feet. And cover with dirt as well. And gravel. And gravel, yes. and, gravel and dirt. Well, okay. Yo. The hole in the happy place. Yo. I mean, now, and she's pregnant too. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like you, you worry that there's a coder after the movie with a gun. Yeah. It's all good. Yo. It's like you could you could go for like, she has a kid, and the kid's there, like, you know, Frankenstein in the bride. <laughs> You're just like, ah, nah. These yeah. girls both look great with the close-ups. That's a great close-up. Oh, though. yeah. She looks good, too. They sell it really well. I like the fact well. that they, they sell it that Mina is scared. That you know, She looks worried, like, maybe this oh. was a, yeah, maybe this was a bad mistake. You know, it's not as big as all. And now she's like, okay, I'm getting my action back. I'm getting my... I would have liked to see a film where they, they were together like buddy cops, these two girls. Um, if you watch that, because even in License Steel... They're meant to be sisters, but they hate each other. They're constantly scheming Yeah, yeah, but they're, they're not like, you but know. If, but in Life's Just Bizarrely, they style Mina for most of the movie after Linda Thorson from The Avengers with a weird bowl haircut and you're sort of like, okay, you just made Mina look terrible. Ugh. Yeah. That, she, oh! uh, she looks great there. Knee in the crotch. I guess if you, if you are going to be married knee. to Samo, you got to have yeah, some, yeah. you know, you got to go through the tests yeah. and show you some skills. Oh, no, well, that's the thing. And the thing is as well, you know, okay, I've been hit, you're being hit yeah, no, it she, still hurts. It still hurts, even if you're not playing at full. Like, yeah, and you know, if you're lucky, you got some cotton wool in your mouth. If you're lucky, you know, because yeah. Samo and Co. especially sometimes would decide we need to get she, a reaction. They, they both these actresses okay. have phenomenal. We're going to tell you, we're going to punch you in the yeah. chest. Yeah. Tell the cameraman, focus on his face, yeah, and then we're going to punch you in the face. You know it's coming. Because that way, you don't know it's coming, and yeah. you get a real reaction. Yeah, yeah, but you know it's coming when in the law these shots. But like, yeah, I was like, she hog ties her. And no, it's like, but you head. kind of expect that Terminator style, Yunwa's going to rise up. And then she, I mean, imagine if Yunwa came here and she just smacked him with the motorcycle. Or she just runs over yeah, him. And yeah, then, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like he crawls up. That'd be cool. You know, because at the moment you kind of wait for him to appear and go, diplomatic immunity. Well, there we go. And everything. And then we fly back to the happier times. You wow. never find out. She gets top billing, though. Yeah. Gole Hunk, Agsarello. Yep. 
But it's interesting because I think, in, especially in Hollywood now, they'd be going, oh, we need to have that after thing where we discuss, oh, she recovered from her injuries and her child well, was born happily. Well, there's a films that kind of do Or whatever. That. Yeah. But with this, they're like, let's end it on, that was violence. And let's remind you of how violent and cool it is. Because as I said, imagine, that's the only thing I now walk away from is, I, I wish I'd seen an American version with Betty White playing the mother. That would be so good. And Betty White being like, hey, motherfucker. Hey, mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to take you down. He's like, but yeah, so Betty White style. The Chic Hair Salon, a place I've never visited. But <laughs> I have no hair. Right. Yeah, by choice. Is this this a weird? Yeah. Samuel blows his nose and gives it to his uh, future wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and lingers on it. That's yeah, the, yeah. that's what he said. Samuel doesn't give himself hero close-ups. He's no, like, no, no. Very happy to give himself some strange things. But are there any said, watch companies in here? Because there are a lot of watch shops. No, uh, they're not. No, no, no. I don't no. know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, there was a Pebblestone company. Eureka, indeed. Yes. Thank you very much. This was she shoots straight. I was Mike Leader. I'm Arne Venema, and we'll see you next time.